On this special day, please welcome to our morning show studios an individual who is really uh, doing some fine work in our state capitol. Please welcome to our show this morning, Representative Athena Hollins, representing District 66B. And I must ask you this, Representative, do you have a furry friend? <laughs> I actually do. Yep. I've got a small dog named Jupiter. We adopted him during the pandemic. Jupiter. What kind of dog? He is a dachshund mix. So he's real little, but um, he's feisty. <laughs> what do they call those pocketbook do- uh, dogs? I, you know, I'm not sure. He's about 14 pounds, so I wouldn't want to carry him in my bag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Representative Athena Hollins joining us this morning, DFL District 66B, as I mentioned. And uh, last week we got some disturbing news. A lot of people call it disturbing. Uh, that there are no charges that will be leveled against the officers who entered Amir Locke's home without a warrant, well, without uh, giving enough time for Amir Locke to uh, respond to the officers and so forth. What does the legislature Mm -hmm. say about this in view of the fact that last week that the city of Minneapolis's uh, no-knock warrant requiring officers to wait 20 seconds before going in after announcing announcing themselves is now in effect? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, the fact is we kind of knew that there wasn't going to be any charges in this situation, unfortunately. So I am a lawyer, and I'm used to this sort of thing, as I think a lot of Minnesotans are at this point. Um, the laws that are set up to protect police officers are incredibly strong. And so that reasonable officer distinction is just incredibly hard to get over, to get any of those charges. So the, the distinction is, what would a reasonable officer do in that situation? And a reasonable officer, of course, for the most part, is trained to shoot. So I wasn't really surprised that there were no charges. Um, what I will say is, this highlights even more the need to flat-out ban no-knock warrants because they are dangerous. And this is the only vaguely vague form of justice that Amir Locke's family can get in this situation um, is, is the guarantee that this isn't going to happen again to anybody else in the state of Minnesota. Everyone, we're talking with Representative Hollins, representing District 66B. So I know that there is a bill moving through the state But I know there are people on the other side who are saying, why should the legislature enact laws that protect, that are only really pertain to uh, citizens of a particular community? Yeah, well, I think this Amir Locke's case is a great example of why it's important to um, protect all Minnesotans. So I hear a lot that this is a Minneapolis issue. This isn't something that affects the rest of the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But we know that this was a warrant that was issued by the city of St. Paul, my city. So it wasn't just a Minneapolis issue. This is something that spans across, um, you know, across districts and across um, county lines. And because of that reason, having everybody come into conformity, everybody be on the same page about what's allowed and what's not allowed is really important here. Um, otherwise, it really leaves citizens in a situation where they don't know what police are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And so making it a rule that you cannot use a no-knock warrant and that when you do use a warrant, you need to knock and wait 30 seconds. That's what's in my bill. Um, would allow folks to know what their rights are across the entire state of Minnesota. So it's not like you have a different right in Minneapolis than you do in New Brighton, than you do in St. Cloud. 
So tell us about the progress of the bill right now. Where does it stand and what is this, what what are the prospects of it passing? Yeah. So it it has gone through the Public Safety Committee as well as the Judiciary Committee. Um, it originally started as a ban on no-knock warrants with a very small exception that was carved out. We've since gotten rid of that exception and just made it a straight ban. And that was in response to the community's desire. We heard we heard the community speak and say, this is what we want. We want a complete ban. And so that's what we changed it to. Um, it's currently now sitting on the general register, which means that it could be called for a floor vote at any time. Um, the reality is we have a really big caucus, even on the DFL side in the House, where we have the majority. And there's still some people who need some convincing about um you know, the need and validity of this particular piece of legislation. So we're working to try and convince people who are a little on the fence to make sure that they know that this is something that isn't going to harm police. In fact, it's going to protect our law enforcement officers as well as protect citizens. So have you gotten feedback uh, maybe from John Harrington or other uh, law enforcement officials about this particular measure? We have. So we've been in, in constant communication, really, with um, the Chief of Police Association, the Sheriff's Association, um, to get feedback and to get um, to address their concerns. And their, the majority of their concerns are really, what is the cost? And now that it's a straight ban with no exception, we took out the training provision because before the bill had a training provision that was going to cost money and take up time. Um, to train officers how to do no-knock warrants. So now we've taken that out, and so that addresses that concern. And the other one is just making sure that officer safety is something that's taken into consideration. And from my perspective, because 40% of Minnesotans are lawful gun owners, um, saying that no-knocks are not appropriate is taking officer safety into consideration because that is inherently putting them into harm's way at least 40% of the time that they bust into somebody's house. So we're really saying that this, this provision is to protect officers as well as citizens. It keeps everybody safer. Representative Hollins, our last thoughts. So how, what, talk about community engagement. What can your constituents, what can residents across the state of Minnesota do at this point, if anything? Absolutely. So really what we are seeking to do is we want to put pressure on both um, representatives that are and senators who are um, on the fence about it. And so we'll be coming up with a list of individuals who feel unsure about what to do. And we're also putting pressure on the Speaker of the House to bring the bill to the floor for a vote. Um, and I believe that we're scheduling a rally. I don't have the details yet, but we're hoping to do a rally that to bring together Minnesotans to say this is something that's important to us. It's something that we want to focus on. And it's absolutely something that we should get through, be able to get through the DFL controlled house. It's really a pleasure talking with you. This is Representative Athena Hollins representing District 66B. Thank you for being with us this morning and sharing some uh, important information about this particular piece of legislation going through the state capitol. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure.